You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Um, doing well. Yourself? I'm all right. Uh, I, I got a little bit of a stuffy nose. I, I think it's finally starting to kick in over here, like the, the blooming flowers and all the rest of it. You know, I don't have allergies or anything, but some days it's just like, you know, sometimes you, yeah. you just get that congestion. No, it's not COVID. Give me a break with that stuff. It's not the India variant. I, I don't know. They might have to hit me with a couple of Scotch Bright scrubbers uh, just in case. You know, keep those on standby. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, uh, let's let's jump right into it. I, let, let's get into a little bit of tech to start with. You got something on Amazon? Yeah, so Amazon, um, they have a new proposed idea, shall we say? They're proposing, um, well, uh, by proposing, you have one week to opt out of this. It's called Amazon Sidewalk. And uh, all the U.S. customers, you you have one week to, to opt out of this if you have a um, echo speaker, uh, but you know, a ring system, anything, uh, anything that's, uh, a wireless, uh, device or, or, um, hang on know, a minute. Like so they're going to, they're going to make this mandatory unless you opt out of it. So there's no choice yes. until you choose. Yeah. This is automatic opt in. Uh, you have one week to opt out, uh, before you're automatically opted into this new system. Um, Basically, what Amazon Sidewalk does is all your Echo devices, Ring devices, everything will all create this nice mesh network. Everything. So, for example, you live in a subdivision and let's say you lose Internet, but your neighbor still has Internet and you both have Ring systems, for example. Well, they will connect to each other and you'll still be connected to to your uh, security network, if you will. So they will always be online as long as there's enough devices in range. Even if you have an Echo speaker, let's say you have a Ring device and your neighbor has an Echo um, and it's within range of the Ring device, it'll connect wirelessly and create the mesh and continue to remain online even if you lose Wi-Fi. You know, they do this similar type of stuff on um, or type of thing on cruise ships where you board the ship, you have instructions in your cabin on how to connect to the Wi-Fi. And they don't actually have routers, wireless routers all over the place. They bounce off of other people's connections. So if everybody on the cruise ship is connected to the the ship Wi-Fi, then theoretically everyone's going to have Wi-Fi all the time because you're around all the people that are all connected to the same network and you're bouncing the, the connection off of each other. So that that's how they base the Wi-Fi on a cruise ship, at least the ones that I've seen. Uh, but this almost sounds like the same thing, except they're doing it by residential stuff. Yeah, basically, it, it's more or less using the device to create a, shall we say, uh, hotspot uh, in, in each of the locations. So, uh, you know, as far as... Uh, as far as you know, sharing data and everything with the, the, the apparently these are low bandwidth uh, features and everything. We knew this was coming. I mean, this is this is something that was going to come with self-driving cars, for example. All the, the the cars would be in communication with each other, knowing where you're going and where. So it's just another one of those. It's just another reason I'm not going to get an Amazon device. Basically, I don't own a single one. If you include. A, uh, a fire stick. Uh, I've got one of the old fire sticks. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have like the microphone or the, any of that stuff on it. It's like one of the first gens or whatever it is. Hell, the damn thing doesn't even work half the time because it's so slow and outdated. And more than that, it's stuck in a room that I don't ever go in. So uh, if you count that, then I mean, that I guess that's an Amazon device. But other than that, uh, I don't have any of that crap in my house and I never will ever. I won't have one of those ring systems or any other system unless, unless if it is a system that I can install myself and I can put it on the closed wiring myself without an Ethernet connection to the Internet, more than happy to do that. As long as it's a closed system that I can control. Now, if it's Ethernet cables that I can keep to run, you know, IP camera systems and things like that. 
and I can keep it in a closed system on my own DVRs and all the rest of it, I'll do that. No problem. No problem. Got no problem doing that. But the second you employ a wireless connection or an Ethernet connection so you can do the convenient thing and watch it from your phone when you're not there and, and all the rest of it, you are opening the door to being intruded upon. And I'm not talking about by some black hat hackers. I'm talking about by the people in that company. Google Nest. I know some people that have Google Nest and all they love it. They think it's the greatest thing and and they, they've got everything in their house on it and it's so convenient. Well, yeah, it's meant to be. It is convenient. I'm not going to deny that. It is convenient, but that's the way it's marketed. It's marketed to be convenient, but it's a bait and switch. Oh, take this and, and this will make your life easier. Well, it does, but there's another aspect to that. Same thing with a smartphone. Take this. Makes your life a lot easier. Well, yes, it does. But you have to remember, behind that uh, $1,000 handset or $800 handset or whatever in the heck you paid for it, behind that, there's about $10 billion worth of technology that's operating that system in your hand. If you don't have an internet connection to that smartphone, it's useless. It's useless. Unless you need some type of a digital organizer, it's it's completely useless. Or if you want a, a digital um, phone book... I mean, you're looking at going back to the days of like the Palm. That's really all it would be or the digital PDA even before that. So it's it's completely useless unless you have all of that technology back behind those corporate structures supporting it. It's a paperweight. So yes, it does make your life more convenient. But at the same time, it's gaining 10 times more knowledge on the user than you're actually getting out of it. So uh, just just kind of going over some of the stuff that they would do with this. Yeah. Motion tracking. Uh, your smart lights, pet locators, smart locks, uh, those type of things would be able to piggyback off of each other. Your camera systems would still uh, piggyback, but it's not a continuous. It's only for the motion sensing. Um, the <laughs> this is this is what bugs me about the whole tech world. You you know what they're complaining about with this? It's not your, your breach of privacy. It's not the fact that you know. Let, let's say your pet locator and you're taking your dog for a walk. Amazon not only knows your browsing history, they not only know your, your watching history if you, you watch uh, you know Amazon Prime uh, movies or TV shows or whatnot. The Amazon Web Services pretty much run the internet now. It's either that or Google. So they, they know your, your browsing habits. They'll also know your, your travel habits as well. If you have a smart device uh, that's connected to the um, sidewalk network, you, you go out and walk your dog, they're going to know your routine and your path. But what tech companies or or, or uh, tech websites and whatnot, the, the the big known ones, they're not complaining about the fact that they're tracking you in every way. No, no. What they're complaining about is this might be a breach of your terms and conditions of use with your ISP. How about um, this is a breach in the to- yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, how about this is a breach in in the things that you didn't consent to? D- don't give me yeah. this crap about you. Uh, you click the terms and serve to, uh, you know, click here if you agree with the terms. You didn't agree to anything. You're agreeing to use a service that is going to get you what you want. You're not agreeing to turn over all of your personal data that you're that they're gathering on you without your knowledge. You didn't agree to that. It's the same thing with these social media companies. You didn't agree to any of that stuff. Same thing with the, with the phone companies, the telecoms or whatever, or or Google or or Facebook or Apple or any. You didn't agree to any of this stuff. Who reads 50 pages worth of stuff that they change two weeks later because in that fine print in there, it says these terms of service are subject to change at any moment's notice without your consent. You, you didn't agree to any of this stuff. You agreed to join a service that is going to make your life more convenient. And you agreed to join a service that is going to connect you with your friends and family and allow you to share things. That's all you agreed to. You didn't agree to all the other fine print that you have no idea about. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I apologize. You're good. Uh, that, that's pretty much the, the summary of it. They're, they're just complaining that you're probably going to violate your terms of service with your uh, ISP for sharing a network, you know, or resharing your, your Internet network. So they don't um, even care. They're, they're just going ahead with it. Yeah, they, they don't even care. And then side note, since we're talking about Amazon, uh, did we mention that they bought up MGM recently? No, I know that yeah. they were looking at AMC because AMC, we know they've been on the chopping block because of uh, the COVID shutdowns. So yeah. I knew that they were they were in talks to look at that, but I think that didn't that ended up not going anywhere. They ended up getting um, uh, some financial backing from somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, so MGM, they bought a- MGM, the the you know like James Bond and yeah, the yeah. Rocky franchise, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Metro, Goldwyn, Meyer, whatever it is, or yeah, yeah, eight point five billion is what they paid for it. So Amazon is now in the Hollywood production scene. Yeah, well, and not only that, but all the all the titles that MGM uh, possess would be theirs now as well. So you'll have you'll have those movies on Amazon Prime, for example. Uh, I do have a couple of the Amazon series that I watch. And the only reason I watch them is because it's a series that I'd been following for a long time. Uh, and they got canceled off the BBC. It's it's three British guys. They do a car show. It's called the Grand Tour. A lot of listeners probably know what that is. They used to do a show in the UK called Top Gear on the BBC. And uh, I I decided to follow them uh, years ago. Uh, and it's been uh, it's been a great show. It's been a great series. Uh, and it was one of those things that you just kind of you know, uh, y- you follow it because it's it's funny, right? It, it's comic relief and they stay away from like politics and all the rest of it. It's just it's just three guys driving cars and, and taking crazy adventures. That's all it is. And, you know, I like the fact that they took on Amazon. They took on exclusive series like that. They decided, um, w- well, we're going to go to Amazon because Amazon's going to I mean, you're looking at, at an unlimited amount of cash for production value. They pretty much give them a free hand to do whatever they want. At the end of the day, part of their agreement was, well, we will do a series exclusively on your platform and we will bring you hundreds of millions of viewers, but we want full editorial control and we want to be able to do what we want to do. And that was the terms of agreement. So they stay away from all of the the political talking points and all the rest of it. They don't get mixed up in that. That's the only reason that I will watch that. That's the only reason. Uh, of course, you know, COVID's had a little bit of a, you know, hindrance on new shows and, and things like that. But um, I like the exclusive series like that. Netflix was doing some exclusive series for a while and they just got stupid. The same thing with like the uh, uh, the exclusive uh, movies and things like that they put out. They just got ridiculous. So I, I don't even know if I still have Netflix. I, I should probably look at that. Uh, I've had Netflix for like 15 years, so I, I don't know. I, I don't even pay attention to it. I think I might have canceled it uh, like maybe six, eight months ago, right after that whole cuties debacle. I think I might have canceled it. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. But I don't think that it's a bad investment on their part as far as Amazon doesn't have a track record of making bad investments when it comes to entertainment. They don't. They bought the video game streaming platform Twitch a while back for it was like, what, a billion dollars or whatever it was. Yeah, cheap for the amount of yeah. revenue they get off of it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but you know what? That was a good investment on their part. But the problem becomes you start getting this woke garbage mixed in with your content. Uh, and that's that's where I start to develop a little bit of a problem. If you can partake in these platforms and you can kind of avoid that stuff, then OK. But you still run into the problem of giving them money. Uh, and it's it's a matter of do you pay a subscription or do you watch it for free? Uh, because some things you can and some things you can't. Same thing with Amazon Music. You can listen to a lot of their stuff for free and other stuff you have to pay for. Same thing with Spotify. You can listen to a lot of their stuff for free, but then there's other things you have to pay for. So it's kind of mix and match. You kind of have to pick and choose your battles with these with these companies when it comes to content and things like that. And uh, then you could, uh, you know, install things like um, ad blockers and that kind of stuff and get the effects of a premium. You can. Without yeah. having premium. <laughs> Do you know anybody that does that? Oh, you know, I, I, I'm really familiar with this one person that does it uh, in my life. You know? Cheapskate. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know they do it with platforms like Spotify and those kind of things, you know. You get uh-huh. unlimited skips and play the music uh-huh. without ads. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, since we're on the subject of tech, uh, the largest meat processor in the world, JBS Foods, was hit by a cyber attack. Oh, can't say we didn't tell you that that was coming. It's odd. Yeah. It's odd. That pipeline got hit by a cyber attack. And now now the largest meat. Pro- well, of course, Keystone was canceled. OK, so right there. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the first thing. Then Colonial was hit. Then the world's largest meat processor uh, was hit by a cyber attack. Now, it's it's funny because what is Agenda 2030 what, and, and the Great Reset under Klaus Schwab and company? What What is what is a couple of things that they want to get rid of? But n- name me a couple of things they want to get rid of. Uh, one of them was, um, uh, what was it? That that pesky thing that we use all the time in our cars. What is that stuff? Um, mm-hmm. Oil. Fossil fuel? Yeah, fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah, they want to get rid of that. Uh, and you just happen to have the largest uh, pipeline in the U.S., you know, the largest project pipeline project in the U.S. being canceled. And then, of course, you've got the other remaining pipeline that we had to take oil from the East Coast down to Texas. That was then taken offline. 
And what was the other thing that that they're after um, in in Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset? What was the other thing? Uh, something about what we consume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, meat. Meat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, meat. You'll eat less meat. Yeah, you'll. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a rare treat, much like our grandparents. Mm. You'll you'll look at meat as a treat rather than a staple. Now, it's important to understand here when they say you'll eat less meat. Listen very carefully to how they put that. They don't mean that you'll just eat less meat. They want to outlaw all animal products. Do you think the vegan movement is about getting rid of just meat? No. It's about no chicken, no poultry, no fish, no beef, no no eggs, no cheese, no dairy, no milk, nothing, no butter. Forget it. That's the level of this. No lard, nothing. It's all gone. Hell, you can't even you can't even have honey under a vegan diet. Nope, no honey. Of course, I would argue that a lot of the stuff we have now is not really honey. We actually don't produce like we don't have enough in supply to actually produce what the demand is. So they substitute a lot of it. The only way you can well, be sure I, we get local honey. Yeah, I was going to say the only way you can be sure is to buy local like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and that's usually better than what you get at the stores anyway. Yeah. Um, so that that's the reality is is that's the hidden thing that they're not telling you about when it comes to. Uh, well, you'll eat much, much less meat. You'll eat bugs and and uh, and weeds and and uh, insect butter and, and and all the rest of it. Yet, why do you think there's been a big push for the last few years with almond milk, oat milk, all that other stuff? We don't naturally have the ability within our our human bodies to digest that stuff. Now, I can understand, and this is where I make the exception. I can understand the people that are legitimately lactose intolerant that need a substitute. That part I understand. That part I get. But when you're doing it just on principle, uh, I, I'm sorry. Here's your sign. Yeah, you, you get a you get a hat because that's what what they call those things. The the cone, the dunce hats. Yeah, that's, that's what you get. The dunce. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get for that. I know some lactose intolerant people. I, I do. I know, I know some lactose intolerant people. And you know something? Every lactose intolerant person I have ever met, they've always told me the same thing all the way around. They've always told me that. They wish every day that they could eat a massive bowl of ice cream. They wish that they could drink a tall glass of milk or have a bowl of cereal with actual milk in it. They wish they could. They wish that they could have milk chocolate. They can't. They, they can't eat it. And so when you're out there doing that, Oh, I'm I'm a vegan and I have a you know an allergy to this and I'm I, I don't like lactose. That's an insult to people that actually have real problems. And that I always make the same argument about these gluten-free idiots. If you have celiac disease or you have like the, the markers or precursors or whatever, and you actually have problems digesting gluten, I'm I'm not picking on those people. I'm really not. Because that's a real condition and that sucks. But you got people out there that are that are doing it just because it's the trendy thing to do. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh do I'll, I believe I'll, I'll- I'll yeah, pick go on them real quick and say, yeah, go ahead. You, you have weak genes. <laughs> you have weak genes. No, I, I know some people that have um, no, they, they've got real problems. Like, um, you know, I know a couple of people that have uh, that have Crohn's disease. And that's that's a really that's a really bad thing. Uh, and so they can't is, eat the yeah. things that they want to eat. And and it really sucks. Uh, that, that really sucks. I mean, these are people that have real medical legit uh, problems and, and they can't eat the things they want to eat. I, I feel sorry for that. So, yeah, you should have the products on the market. For that type of thing, you know, for those types of people, I understand. I totally get it. I'm not bashing uh, people that uh, that eat vegan or, or or whatever, or for for legitimate medical reasons. Or if you even have a belief thing, I'll go along with that. You know, I, I know some people that uh, they don't eat. Uh, you know, they do the vegan thing because they they don't agree with the way animals are treated. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Uh, that's why when I buy the products that I buy, I make sure that I buy organic, grass fed. Uh, certified, or I buy local from a local farm, whatever. Uh, and I make sure that the animals are treated humanely. Uh, I don't buy, I, I don't even buy eggs that are, uh, they call them, uh, you know, the ones that are like caged up, like, you know, horrible in these boxes. You know, I, I don't even buy those. I, I don't buy those. I buy free range eggs, always certified. I usually buy them local if I can, if they have enough. Uh, I buy milk local. I know that that's illegal in the US. You can't buy milk. Local. God forbid you buy milk from a farm. Now, I'm serious that the FDA doesn't allow that. Is that if that's not ridiculous oh, yeah. enough? Yeah. So anyway, do I believe that the uh, the world's largest meat processor, JBS Foods, was hit by a, a a cyber attack by a bunch of black hat hackers? Hell no. No, I don't buy that any more than I buy uh, Colonial being shut down just by a bunch of ransomware Russian hackers. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Well, and, and we know for a fact that the the Colonial thing, um, the, the Russian hackers 
um, they literally said, look, our intent was not to shut it down. Our intent was just just to get in there, see what we can do and then get some money off of them. And like they were like, all the stuff we did would not have caused a shutdown. And uh, it was the, the company itself that did the shutdown. Run that by me one more time. So the, the Russian hackers. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nobelium or something like that, I believe uh -huh. is the, the group that was uh -huh. accused of this. And they've said, look, we didn't intend to shut it down. That was not our goal. Our goal oh, was so just to make some money off of it. Oh, I see. Okay. So they actually meant it. Was, okay. I, I thought you said yeah. something else. I, I'm sorry. I was reading a headline off to the side and I was kind of, you know how we do. We just kind of have paying attention yeah, yeah. sometimes because there's so much uh, crap that we're looking over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Colonial was the one that actually shut the pipeline down. It wasn't oh. the ransomware guys. You know, I, I was actually listening to one of the uh, one of the maintenance workers and these pipeline companies and you live in an oil town. So you know how this works. Um, yep. They have maintenance workers that come in from all over. They'll subcontract. They'll bring them in from third parties and all the rest of it to come in to, to test things, to check things, do logistics, blah, blah, blah. Companies do that. Well, on Colonial, the damn thing is so big that they've got subcontractors all across the country that come across and, and do work on this thing. And I heard a guy call in, one of the maintenance workers, he called in to a podcast and he said, look, those things have 1,000 other checks that they could go in if they had to. They have, they have like 1,000 other things that they could do uh, to go in and open this pipeline up. He says, I know I've done it. He says, it, it's almost impossible to hack this thing and shut it down. It's completely preposterous. So they're shutting it down out of principle to frighten you. That's all they're doing. It's the same thing with Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. She shut that pipeline down to Canada because she was afraid that it would get hacked. She shut it down because she was afraid that it would get hacked. Uh, you kind of need to deal with that when you get to it, I, I, I would have thought. You don't just shut it down and say, OK, we're going to shut it all off because we're afraid of it. No, that's, that's not what you do. But more than that, back to the original point, I don't think that it was shut down accidentally. I don't think that it was done by Russian hackers or whatever. I, just as you said, I, I don't buy that either. I think it was done intentionally on purpose. Yeah. And the, the thing about it is as well, who the hell do they think they are to have that much power in Whitmer's case to shut down a private corporation corporation's world trade in this case? Uh, they're, 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 they're doing trades with Canada and that's, you know, affecting their economy as well. So who the hell does she think she is to... Uh, do that kind of thing. But to the point about the um, the pipeline, supposedly, now this is this is what the, the company had, uh, said. Uh, the reason they shut it down was because they were unable to properly bill those down the line uh, of the pipeline. So it, it effectively would have put them out of business. All right, uh, let's uh, let's shift over to some COVID stuff. Let's look at, uh, and I I don't want to spend too much more to, uh, too much time on the the colonial stuff. I mean, I I know we wanted to to get deep into that stuff today, but um, let's uh, let, let's shift over to some other things. We're running low on time because of some technical problems. Let's uh, let's switch over to this. Uh, Chinese city reports a surge in COVID nineteen cases, causing a mass flight cancellation uh, at one of the country's busiest airports. Now you might be asking, how many cases have they had? To shut it all down like that, how many cases did they had? 27 in total, 27 cases. Now, seven of those cases were uh, imported cases from travelers landing at Guangzhou province. The city government imposed a quarantine measure uh, on the residents of five streets, ordering them to not leave their homes and closing nearby entertainment venues and markets, according to Reuters. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, they've got a they've got a history of falsifying data. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's a uh, it's it's been an ongoing thing. Uh, let me see. It looks like uh, cases. They're calling it a major spike. Twenty seven cases. That's a major spike. They found these cases on Sunday, uh, and it's caused mass flight cancellations. And they're going to uh, be locking all these people down uh, because they they need to find. Uh, you know, they got to figure out where this came from. The city's public transit system now requires travelers to provide a proof of a negative COVID nineteen test within the past three days of travel. Where are we seeing that? Any guesses? We're seeing that in pretty much all Western nations, aren't we? Proof of negative COVID tests for three days. Huh. Does anybody think that this is being done domestically by our own governments at this point? These people are so damn incompetent, they don't know their asses from a hole in the ground at this point. They, they don't know any of this stuff. You know, I saw a clip the other day of some Canadian health officials that were sitting at the desk in front of the camera, and they had just showed up. They had their masks laying out there on the desk, right? 
and they said a camera was rolling off to the side, somebody's phone camera. The guy behind the camera, he says, okay, uh, we're looking at two minutes, you know, two minutes before we go on. And uh, they said, this one woman says, well, okay, I guess I better put this thing on, right? You know, the mask. And uh, mm-hmm. he says, well, what do we tell them today? She says, I don't know. I just, I just read whatever they pass me. See, this is where you're getting it all wrong. The reason we see all these countries doing these lockdowns or the the COVID restrictions or requiring the COVID tests. The reason they're all doing this, both, you know, in China and in the Western world. The same talks because points, it's the same, yeah, same talks points, everything. Because they're so effective. Right. It works so well. That's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to the Chinese foreign minister as of today, now I can play it, but it's all in Mandarin, so it, it wouldn't really do much good. It does have English subtitles. Uh, according to them... Uh, today, according to the Chinese Foreign Ministry, there is no evidence of a uh, of a virus bio lab leak, and the U.S. is trying to blame China to uh, stunt the country's development. Mm. See, originally they were saying uh, China was saying, "Well, the U.S. is lying because they had a military base here, and they're the ones that released the virus, and they're just trying to scapegoat us." That's what they originally were saying. Um, there was also another official. Uh, from China. Uh, I don't know their actual title, uh, but they're they're just a, a propagandist. One of the top propagandists uh, for China was saying that um, China needs to prepare for nuclear war with the U.S. because of the Wuhan lab leak theory, which I mean, to be fair, to be fair, that is our response to someone yep. releasing a bioweapon. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is nuclear war. So it's not a leak. I'm not going to let the mainstream media take that. I'm not going to do it. That's my point, though, is if this propagandist is saying uh, we have to prep for nuclear war. Number one, they're a propagandist. So they're trying to gen up, uh, you know, more propaganda, first of all. But second of all, uh, they fully know that that's our response to a bio uh, a bioweapon. And that leads me to wonder, huh, do you, is there something you know that uh, the rest of us don't, which we, we know, but, you know. Xi's been saying for almost a year now, uh, he's been telling the PLA, prepare for war with the U.S. Th- they know that something's coming. Now, what that's going to be, I don't know, especially with, when you got, uh, stumble bum, Joe, seriously. I mean, insure drinking Joe, commander in chief, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on. That, that that guy couldn't lead a uh, he couldn't lead a, a green army, pla- a plastic green army men set. Couldn't do it. It's not possible. The, the guy doesn't even know where he is. But he he definitely knows where um, underage women's legs are. Oh, God. Yeah, that that's just that that's that's horrific. All right. So uh, they're shutting down for 27 cases, seven of which are uh, are from uh, um uh, imported from uh, from other nations. Well, China's cleared all this up. They're blaming India for this latest outbreak. Now, anybody knows that's been paying attention for, oh, I don't know, uh, a thousand years, maybe more. Uh, the Indians and the Chinese don't get along. Uh, they don't like each other. As a matter of fact, there was a, oh, there was a little dispute up there in the Punjab, and the Chinese army, you know, the PLA tried to go in there and they found it a little bit of a problem trying to fight at 15,000 feet. The Indians beat the hell out of them uh, and sent them home with a bloody nose. And of course, that's not in the media anywhere because you can't have any form of humiliation uh, to the uh, Chinese Communist Party or, or, to, or to the People's Liberation Army. You can't have any of that. So there could be no failure. So what has China done? Well, they've doubled the amount of troops that they've put on that border region. And I'm assuming that they're probably going to get punched in the face again. <laughs> that would be my guess. Uh, also, they well, went in. Go ahead. Real quick on that. They started using, I forget what they're called, but they're, they're the microwave weapons that basically have the capacity to boil you alive, you know, um, uh, using microwaves. Uh, they, they were using that tech at one point uh, those are actually uh, against them those are actually that's against international law by the way yeah which by the way they actually have those uh they were originally designed for crowd control um originally they were designed to just cause pain and not actual death but Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. mutant strains of the coronavirus allegedly imported from india again the imported cases man from india are responsible for a recent surge in cases of the disease in China's southern city of Guangzhou and neighboring cities, uh, local government authorities have claimed. Uh, no, that's that's their claim. Of course, 
there's no evidence to support any kind of a, a lab leak. Isn't that just north of uh, Hong Kong? Guangzhou? No, it's Shenzhen. Uh, I thought it's like, I thought the, the province is like, it's the same province. Could be. Look. Could be. Well, I, I just bring that up because I wonder if there was something that happened with Hong Kong. Oh, no. Okay. So now it's, it's a little further north and west. It's in the same Bay Area, but it's not um, it's not close to Hong Kong. Gotcha. Guangzhou completed its first round of nucleic acid testing for two point two uh, for two and a quarter of a million residents on Saturday with 20 people found to be infected with COVID-19 as of it's tough because it's out of bright part. So after every COVID-19 in parentheses, it says Chinese coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As of 2 p.m. on Sunday, Guangzhou's new cluster of Ch- Chinese coronavirus, <laughs> Guangzhou's new cluster of coronavirus infections was contracted with a fast spreading virus strain detected in India, according to the genome sequencing results. Uh, I thought this was supposed to be like this deadly black fungus thing. Isn't that what it was supposed to be? And then, of course, now that's what they. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got Vietnam that they're going to try and play. Uh, they're saying that that's a a hybrid of the the UK variant. Apparently, they've got their own variant in the UK and uh, uh, and and the Indian strain. I don't know, I don't know, whatever. And then we saw last week there was a talk about a Thai variant, but that was found in the UK, but nothing ever came of that. But now they're talking up the uh, the India variant in the UK on the press there. As of 11.40 a.m., a total of 519 flights at Guangzhou's International Airport were canceled, accounting for 37% of total flights on Monday. The government officials there on May 29th issued a stay-at-home order to residents living within five streets of the uh, Laiwan district after tracing the city's new COVID outbreak to a 75-year-old woman who reportedly was infectious when she dined with friends at a dim sum restaurant. In Lai Wan District, a dim summer. You know, I I get the uh, I get the uh, the the photo op vibe from uh, House House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Go have a dim sum with Nancy. Yeah, yeah. It did ring a bell. Don't well. don't worry about the outbreak in San Francisco. Come down to Chinatown. Uh, here we are. Have a dim sum with Nancy. That's what it was. The the media was they were cheering. Oh yeah, go have a dim sum with Nancy. Come on down. All right. Well, when you have a uh, an a, an agenda, and that's what's been going on here, an agenda of COVID-19, especially here in the West, when you have that and it's falling apart, what do you do if you're a government and you're playing this up for all it's worth? What do you do? Do you admit fault? No, you don't. You double down, don't you? Well, they're doubling it's the down. Only logical, it's the only logical conclusion. You, uh-huh. you have to double down. Yeah, they're doubling down again. China reports first human case of bird flu strain. Does anybody see a problem here that these things keep coming from China? Does anybody see an issue with this? Am I the only one that's that's pointing this out? I, I can't be. I, I, I refuse to believe that. I can't believe. All these things keep coming from, from China. What Again, why is COVID, why, why is it bad to say that it came from China, but it's okay to say it came from India? What? Why is that? You're not allowed to ask that question. Uh, yeah, you can't ask that question. But now, now you're probably not going to be able to sit in two weeks. You're probably not going to be able to say that this one, this new bird flu strain came out of China uh, because they'll they'll put it off somewhere else if they can play this one up. Uh, H10N3. I need to call GP because this is a new one. Uh, H10 and he's very familiar with the avian uh, one. So we'll have to look into that. H10N3, 41 year old man from China's Xinjiang City. I hope I'm saying that right. I, I genuinely try to get those right. Has become the first human to be infected with the H10N3 strain of bird flu in the world. So you've got the usual photo ops. You've got people there with temperature checks. The dude's in a mask. Uh, it looks like he's uh, feverish and all the rest of it. You've got the full PPE for the medical workers. You've got everybody behind them in full PPE. You've got medical workers, it looks like, uh, and other people that are just kind of sitting off to the side. Uh, you've got biohazard containers and biohazard tape across the whole area. It's all roped off, so it looks uh, it looks official. You know, it looks looks like a looks like a nice photo op. Uh, China has reported the first case of of a human infection with H ten N three strain of bird flu from the country's eastern oh boy uh, Jiangsu province. Uh, again, I, I genuinely try to get that right. Uh, China's National Health Commission said on Tuesday the patient, a forty one year old man is currently in a stable condition 
and meets discharge standards. Uh, that was according to CGTN TV. That's a state-run outfit out of China. Health authorities played down the outbreak. As I, as I said, China's, I mean, they, they've got a history. <laughs> uh, saying the case was a sporadic virus transmission from poultry to humans. And the risk of causing a pandemic was extremely low. Isn't that what they said in the beginning of uh, COVID? Uh, no, no evidence of human to human transmission. Isn't that what they said? Yeah, no, no they, evidence they did that. say that. Yeah, yeah no, no evidence of that. Uh, the patient was diagnosed as having a having the H10N3 avian influenza virus on May 28th. National Health Commission said in a statement without elaborating on how the man had got infected with the virus in the first place. Gee, I wonder. No other cases of human infection of H10N3 have previously been reported globally. H10N3 is a low pathogenic or relatively less severe strain of the virus uh, of the virus in poultry, and the risk of spreading on a large scale is very low. Again, they're making emphasis on that. There are many different ty- uh, many different strains of avian influenza in China, and some sporadically infect people, generally those working with poultry. H5N8 is a subtype of influenza A virus, uh, which is also known as the bird flu virus, right? which wh- you remember, uh, I, want, I would say it was H1N5. Do you remember that? That was the bird do, flu yeah. one? Yeah, H1N5. Yeah. Uh, While H5N8 only represents a low risk to humans, it is highly lethal to wild birds and poultry. Uh, In April, a highly pathogenic uh, pathogenic H5N6 avian flu was found in wild birds in northeast China's Shenyang City. There's another one out there that is, and I don't want to scare people, but these things actually exist. I mean, there are viruses out there that will kill you. Uh, and there's bacteria and there's protozoa out there that will kill you. So I'm not really saying anything. This this is not highly, I mean, Ebola will kill you, but it's transmitted differently. This one, I want to say it was, was it H7N5? Is that the one? Is that like the the deadly one? That's like, it's got like a 99%. Uh, that's what I'm looking at here. I want to say it was, I was talking to GP about all these different avian influenzas or avian whatever uh, viruses. And I think he told me it was H7N5 that was like the most, it's like the most severe, one of the most severe ones. It's not the most, but I think it's one of the most severe. It's like 98% or something like that. And that's that's naturally emerged in nature and it is out there. Uh, there's a lot of filler trying to read up on. on yeah, I, I can't remember if that's the right one. We'll have to go back and check on that, but I, I'll have to talk to GP about it. But uh, that's that's the newest one. Anyway, H, H10N3 is the, the newest strain. I have not heard of a 10 classification before, but whatever. All right, uh, let's uh, let's switch up, uh, switch up to this. Well, I mean, you'd be happy to know that uh, to avoid uh, inequities and, and singling out uh, and stigmatizing countries, the World Health Organization has renamed the COVID-19 variants. So uh, those, those will no longer uh, be tied to a nation because we don't want to single anybody out. Uh, of course, I mean, I don't think we were actually doing that before, uh, except for where it came from. I think that's all we were doing. Uh, but I'm not going to go down into like the big, long explanation here as to how they've done this, because they've just taken these things and they've given them long serial number type classifications and they've given them uh, Greek alphabet uh, assignments. And, and it's just stupid. It, it's no different than them turning around and renaming uh, or excuse me, redefining terms. That's all they're doing. It's the same concept here. Let's move over to the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, shall we? He said that it would be premature to lift these pandemic restrictions now. No, you don't want to do it now. Well, if you don't do it now, when are you when are you going to do it? Oh, uh, we might want to wait till the fall. That's what he would tell you. We might want to wait until the fall. Well, you get to the fall. Well, no, that's uh, you know they're going to reclassify the flu again and they're going to crank it all back up. So you're getting a small reprieve. We might have another bird flu epidemic. Uh, yeah, but China say there's nothing to worry about uh, with that one. The, the H10, there's nothing yeah. to worry about. It's very, very low uh, pathogen. I mean, there's really nothing to worry about there. Isn't it? Uh, isn't it? I, I still question whether or not those are naturally occurring um, to a degree, because um, uh, supposedly over 40 years, uh, there had only been 160 cases over 40 years. And then what was it? Early 2000s, whenever it was that the the bird flu came out again and then we had all these cases of bird flu huh uh, uh, that seems a bit odd uh that that happened uh suddenly you know about the time that we kind of had this uh technology in place and uh, you mean the I don't know, it function. just technology yeah it, it it all seems a bit sketch uh the timing uh what it attacks um having a new strain that is um 
particularly deadly to the poultry itself, whereas and not as deadly to humans. And then we have organizations that are saying, you're going to eat less meat. And you've also got pharma on the other side that would have, you know, total monopolies yeah. on creating this. And they say they're working on universal vaccines for everything. It'll cover you for, for everything. Yeah. It just seems, it seems all sketchy. It yeah. seems all, yeah. Uh, yeah. No reason to Great trust. Great reset. Great reset. The Saint to Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I'm quoting here. Unfortunately, I don't have him in audio. I love playing audio of, of Dr. Fauci uh, around here. I mean, everybody knows the, the great clips we come up with. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the audio of him saying this. So I'm afraid I'm afraid that I'm just going to have to quote him. He says, we don't want to declare victory prematurely because we still have a ways to go. But the more and more people that can get vaccinated as a community, the community will be safer and safer. We cannot abandon public health measures when you still have a degree of viral activity in the broad community in the United States. Although we're down to less than 30,000 infections per day, that's still a lot of infections per day. So you see, if you do things as a community, then you'll get through it. Yeah. Rem remember, we can do it. Isn't that what he said all those all those months ago about uh, about New York? Remember, we can do it. Uh, that seems to be the uh, the talking point across Western nations. I mean, I remember seeing signs here uh, where I'm at uh, last year saying, oh, together we can do it. Yeah. We, if we all do what we're told, we can we can get through this. No, no, I don't think so. No, I, I, I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of seeing people. I, I'm not doing it, but I'm tired of seeing people play your sick game. That's what I'm tired of. Uh, so I, I don't think that uh, I don't think this is going to go on too much longer. I think that the, especially now after what happened today uh, here in the EU, uh, the EU announced a, a digital wallet uh, th that everyone in the block are going to have. And it's going to be so great for you. Uh, it's going to be so convenient. It's going to have all of your passwords, all of your IDs, all of your medical information, all of your banking. It's going to have everything on it just for you. Uh, no, thanks. No, thanks. If you think that net neutrality if you think that backlash was bad, wait till you see what this is going to cause. You see, they can't get enough people out there getting the, the BS jabs for the for the vaccine passports. That's the problem. So what are they doing? Oh, they're going to double down. That's doubling. OK, you don't want the vaccine passports. OK, we're going to give you a passport that does absolutely everything to control every aspect of your life. That's doubling down. You don't want the vaccines? OK, we'll go after your kids. You can't get any kids to sign up for the for the trials. OK, all kids are now going to get vaccinated. They're doubling down. Faster and faster and bigger and bigger. The sign of a loser. The sign of a losing idea. That's all that is. Is it truly losing if the populace doesn't do anything about it? Well, the populace that doesn't do anything or the populace that's ignored. Because you had protests here over the weekend. Tens of thousands of people. And I was talking to Marty on the phone today. And he says the media in the UK didn't even touch it. The, the protests that happened in London. He says, buddy, you should have seen what happened in London. I said, I did see it. He says nothing in the media, nothing. The protests in France, the protests in Rotterdam, the protests in Amsterdam, the protests in Berlin, in Frankfurt, in Paris, in Madrid, in Barcelona, in, in Milan, in Venice, in Prague. None of it's covered. None of it. So I believe the populace is aware they're just ignoring it. They're just moving ahead. So we'll see. Protests is one thing. You, you have systems in mm -hmm. place to recall politicians and replace them so yeah. just saying that there's well so, is a good start to be to be fair uh so, some of these european countries they they don't have the recall thing uh, like we do so i mean they they do what they can oh, I, um, thought, I thought they had a more aggressive way to recall because <laughs> well the french like the yeah the french yeah uh the, the french do uh, they have a they have a way to recall uh, the the UK. There is a there is a way to do that. I have to have Marty explain that to me. But there is a way to do that. They can actually uh, trigger something over there, and and I think they can kind of uh, have people replace them. I'm not sure how they do it. I have to ask him. But uh, anyway, Bruce, are you paying attention to what Doctor Fauci has to say? D did you did you who? listen to those words of encouragement? Yeah, who did you listen to those words of encouragement by the Saint to Doctor Anthony Fauci that I just quoted that he told the Guardian newspaper? Uh, I, yeah, again, I say who? Well, maybe this will help a little bit. Um, he's been working on a life philosophy book. Now, he's a philosophical person, you see. He's he's going to he's going to put out a new book um, and it's it's going to be titled Expect the Unexpected. Ten Lessons on Truth, Service and the Way Forward. Interesting. It, uh, it takes some wordage from certain denominations of Christianity and kind of uh, is he trying to create a cult here? 
I would argue he's more like the cult leader. Do, do you remember yeah. when all this began? You know how he kind of positioned himself to be the savior. I mean, hell, even Peter Navarro, Dr. Peter Navarro talked about that. He says, Here, here's a guy who knew what he did, knew he was responsible for this, yet he positioned himself as the savior of the whole thing. The early days, do you remember they had all that Fauci stuff that was going around? You could get Fauci donuts. Yeah, you could get candles. You could get T-shirts of him everything. It's about making him an icon. That's what they did. And the media did that. He was on the cover of like GQ magazine, InStyle magazine. He was like, he was voted the sexiest man alive or something. He was Time magazine's person of the year or whatever. So it's been a big propaganda machine. So the 80 page book, it's 80 page book. That's all he's, that's all he's doing. 80 page book will be published under the auspices of the National Geographic Society. Never would have guessed that one. Uh, this is the same outlet that Fauci participated in an exclusive interview with in early 2020 to allege that there was no scientific evidence that the coronavirus was made in a Chinese lab. Huh. Well, that's interesting because he just said the other day that he doesn't believe that it developed naturally. Well, common sense would tell you if it didn't develop naturally, well, there's only one other way you can develop a virus like that. Aliens. I knew it. I still think they might play that card. Possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with all the, the sightings and everything that they're playing up, at the very least, I think the the alien card, they're going to play it to at least, hey, look, squirrel, distract you. Yeah, I, I think that's all it is. The book deal follows Fauci repeatedly flip-flopping on the origins of COVID-19, along with the National Pulse. I, I love the work that uh, Natalie Winters and Raheem Kassam do over there. They do great work. Uh, go give them a follow if you haven't yet. So check out their work. They do fantastic work. They report linking the director himself, allergy and infectious disease director, that would be Anthony Fauci, to uh, gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, believed by many to be the source of COVID-19, despite his ins insistence otherwise. What's more, an increasingly large cohort of Republican lawmakers have begun calling for his removal from his current position at the NIAID and the Biden White House. Huh. Where were you the entire year? Where were you when we were uh, back in, uh, what was it? Uh, Trump was talking about having an opening back up in, uh, uh, at Easter. March of 2020. Uh, most, most Americans were fine with the two weeks. Hell, most Americans were fine with the 30 days. But that should have been the end of it, uh, in, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm annoyed disappointed, angry at Republicans for not pushing harder. Yeah, I'm annoyed too. Uh, I, I'm really annoyed because, I, I mean, we're sitting here and we're watching Fauci throughout the rest of last year. And we're, we're like, wait a minute, why is Trump taking advice from this guy? I mean, once we'd figured out that, and we didn't know this at first, but once we'd figured out that he was responsible for that research and funding those labs, we're, we're sitting there saying, why is this guy still there? Now, I'm not calling... I'm not calling Trump an idiot, but if me and if Bruce and Marty and, and just us guys here, if we can pull this information and we can figure this out on who this joker is, you're trying to tell me the most powerful man in the world doesn't know that? The people around him don't know that? I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Why would you be keeping him around? Why would you allow him to go out there and be put on television like that? Hell, he's still on TV. But that's okay, because there's a children's book uh, coming out. It's entitled Dr. Fauci, How a Boy from Brooklyn Became America's Doctor. Uh, he was uh, he was actually I, I did get the backstory on him. He was a he was a pharmacy delivery boy. His father was a pharmacist, ran Fauci's pharmacy in Brooklyn. And little Anthony Fauci, he would he would take the orders around and deliver them to people. That's that's what he would do, uh, which, hey, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Right. Everybody's got to start somewhere. So I'm not criticizing him for that. But uh it's a little different thing because they're they're putting it the, the position they're putting him in. Uh, this children's book, which is called Dr. Fauci, it makes him into somebody that's uh, well, he's he's the only doctor and, and the only authority you need because it's praising how he insists that COVID-19 vaccines will make you a superhero. That's that's disgusting. This is set to be published by Simon and Schuster on June 29th of this year. So in about a month, the book is meant for four year olds to eight year olds. The book brands itself as the definitive picture book biography of Fauci, one of the most critical figures in the COVID-19 pandemic. Critical figures? Yes, critical figures. I agree. 
So the book says things like this. Before he was Dr. Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Anthony Fauci was a curious boy in Brooklyn delivering prescriptions from his father's pharmacy on his blue Schwinn bicycle. His father, an immigrant grandfather, taught Anthony to ask questions, consider all the data, and never give up. And Anthony's ability to stay curious and to communicate with people would serve him his entire life. This engaging narrative, which draws from interviews the author did with Dr. Anthony Fauci himself, follows Anthony from his Brooklyn beginnings through medical school and his challenging role working with seven U.S. presidents to tackle some of the biggest public health challenges of the past 50 years, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Bruce, doesn't that sound seven, inspiring? Seven presidents. Seven presidents. Doesn't that sound inspiring? I mean, how do you get in office and stay in office for seven presidents? That, that, that. I mean, that's inspiring if you want to be a dirty politician. That takes um, some doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, does anybody does anybody see the problem with having Dr. Seuss books removed from the marketplace? And now we're having these types of books pushed onto our kids. Anybody have a problem with that? I mean, this is literally like propaganda from North Korea or China. I never actually thought about that. You're getting rid of Dr. Seuss and you're replacing it with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not only is it Dr. Fauci, but it, it's it's propaganda nonsense. You're a superhero for taking a vaccine. No, you're probably sterilized for taking a vaccine. <laughs> and God knows what other horrible side effects you're going to have. All right. Uh, that's all I got today. Uh, we did have some technical issues and I do apologize for that. Uh, so if it if it's a bit off if if the podcast sounds a bit off about the halfway point that's because we had some technical issues it wasn't wasn't anything of our fault uh we just kind of had to work with it uh, anything else you got today government's bad okay you have to finish with that don't you well uh, i'm 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 looking at how to throw in the media in there as well because uh they're just as bad as the government yeah all right we are gonna have to jump out of here but uh thank you for being here today bruce all right for those of you who have not signed up to our telegram channel get over there get signed up to us we put out all of our podcasts we do here every day and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our telegram subscribers however this week we will not because uh we do have uh extracurricular activities I i'll tell you what i will chalk it up to a uh, a team building event that's what i'll call it uh yeah. we that, yeah. that that is yeah, actually yeah a, a team building event you know i used to take mm -hmm. my old team you know what i used to do i used to take them out the paintball you know this is kind of the oh, same yeah, thing. yeah 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 this is kind of the same thing so i'm Co looking forward COVID to compliant <laughs> COVID compliant yeah <laughs> all right um yeah get signed up to us on telegram also if you'd like to reach out to us you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamic .com. and we would ask you to pass this along to friends family and known associates we are trying to grow but we do need your help in order to do that so if you could pass this along we'd appreciate that we are available everywhere you get your podcast also if you're rating podcast if you give us a rating when you get a chance that would be great as well five stars would be a plus thank you very much all right that'll do it for today thank you for being here today bruce thank you to all the listeners everyone have a great evening